I truly believe that we are in a crossroads right now of social media and storytelling. Hello and welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA about driving the narrative forward for public education through the work of school PR professionals. I'm your co-host, Stacia Harris, Director of Communications for Buncombe County Schools and NCSPRA board member. Joining me today is Ellen Boyd. Ellen? Thanks, Stacia. My name is Ellen Boyd, the Executive Director of NCSPRA. Before becoming Executive Director, I spent 27 years as the Community Relations Director for Kannapolis City Schools, and I served two terms on the NCSPRA board. And our guest today is Jennifer Moxley. Jennifer is the owner and founder of Sunshine Media Network based in Charlotte. And what really struck me in our conversation with Jennifer was how she talked about how organizations in general have spent so many years trying to stifle our voices on social media because so many people got in trouble with social media. But now is the time not to stifle our voices, but to use those platforms that we have at our disposal to tell our stories and to to be authentic in telling the stories that we know are happening in our schools. And I totally agree. And I think something else that um, I really enjoyed was she brought up the point that as a storyteller, it's not just about Facebook. It's not just about a picture or a video. As a storyteller, what you're saying is, or the story that you're saying is when you're out at the grocery store or you're out getting, you know, at the salon or you're, you know, out to eat, of course, at an outdoor restaurant with your mask on. But as a storyteller, your people are everywhere. And it's just so important to have some holistic training, I think, for uh, for school level staff and for all school level staff, uh, so that they understand that you are a representative, whether you're online or offline. Uh, so we're super excited for our listeners to get to hear from Jennifer. So let's get to the show. Today, we're delighted to have as our guest, Jennifer Moxley. As we mentioned, Jennifer is the owner and founder of Sunshine Media Network based in Charlotte. She's a product of North Carolina Public Schools and worked for many years as a print and broadcast journalist before starting her own company. During my time with Kannapolis City Schools, I worked with Jennifer many times, both in her role as a journalist and as a business owner. And I can tell you from experience that Jennifer is a master storyteller. Storytelling is one of the most important roles we have as school PR professionals, and Jennifer is an expert at helping people tell their stories. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today, and welcome to School PR Drive Time. Thank you so much, and thank you for that introduction. So Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. So Ellen mentioned a little bit about your background, but why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about your experience and how you help people tell their stories. So I started at a small newspaper when I was in college and um, very quickly moved up to a daily paper. Um, After leaving newspaper, I got into television. And so from the very beginning of my career um, as a reporter, finding a story was my daily task. It was an hourly task and the pressure is intense when you're a deadline reporter. So um, the only thing I know how to do is to find a story. And it's interesting as my career has gone on and I have 
continue to find people's stories and learn different ways to tell their stories, I realized that even when I worked at the grocery store when I was in high school, there was still some component of storytelling involved in that. Connecting with customers, finding out why they needed a certain product, why it was important to them, why we needed to order it. Even in the hiring process, you know, I, I had a little managerial position even in high school. And, you know, you still have to know someone's story to know how they're going to fit in with the rest of the crew. Um, and so storytelling is everywhere. I think people just don't define it as storytelling. Wonderful. Jennifer, as school PR professionals, we're always looking for ways to be better storytellers. What advice would you give school PR pros to help them effectively tell the story of their schools, their districts, and even public education? So in my experience working with school systems um, as an entrepreneur, I have found that um, a lot of people don't see a school or a district as an entity that has a brand, that has a story, that has um, a spirit to it. Um, but at the same time, I think we all know when there is a change in leadership, we feel the shift. We can feel new life breathed into an organization. We can feel life taken from an organization. All of that is part of an organization's story. And so um, I, I really think it's important that uh, public relations professionals identify what is the story of your district, because that will come from how the media perceives you, how parents perceive you, how staff um, that you're trying to recruit um, decide whether to or not to work with your district. And all of that is part of your story. And when you can figure out what that story is as a district, you can see where you want to take it. You can see where the plot twist is and where are the bad guys and the good guys. And then within a district, every school has a unique sense of self. Um, and that, of course, comes from leadership within the school. But it's important that each school is given their unique identifying story so that way there's ownership from parents, principals, staff, um, students, and the community. The community buys into a school and supports it with fundraisers and, and other types of services when there's a story that they can make a connection to. Because truly, we learn from stories, as all teachers know, but we also connect through stories. Fabulous. And so as we're sort of thinking through, you know, as school PR professionals, we're thinking about, you know, who, who are we uh, and what are we trying to project to other people? Uh, would you mind talking to us a little bit about some of the avenues that PR pros can use to do that? I mean, obviously, video is huge, but, you know, not everything needs to be a video. So what are some of your recommendations and, and maybe think from maybe a smaller shop of maybe one or two people? all the way up to maybe a larger communications team where you have a number of resources at your disposal. That's such a vital part of the conversation. So I'm glad that you brought it up because you don't tell the same story in every setting, right? So if I have a crazy story about being pulled over um, and getting a speeding ticket, I'm probably not going to tell that, you know, to my parents who would worry. Um, and I may not tell that to my children who it may set a bad example for. And very similarly with social media platforms, the Facebook story is not the Instagram story, is not the newsletter story, is not the morning announcement story. While 
you have to identify what your brand is and, and who you are as a school or as a district. That doesn't mean that you say it the same way through all those different platforms, nor should you use all of those platforms. So if we look to a small school district with one you know, PR professional managing 12 schools or six schools. They're a one person organization and they have to do it all. So they have to choose where can I reach the most people, the most effectively with the story that I want to tell. And so as we're facing COVID right now, safety um, has to be the biggest story on, on everyone's minds and the biggest message. So if a PR person is trying to convey the message of safety to their parents, then Facebook may be the best platform for them to focus all of their energy, or maybe even robocalls, or maybe even a newsletter, an email to every parent. Um, so it's not a one-size-fits-all, and it isn't a one-size-fits-all in our personal lives. And sometimes I, I am surprised people forget the stuff that we use in our own personal lives, they forget to take it to work with them. Um, for example, if you are pulled over and you are going to get a speeding ticket, you know, most of us are not going to be adversarial about that um, because we want to get out of that ticket. In the same vein, if you're a PR professional and you have a reporter coming at you about something you've done, probably not going to be adversarial and get what you're looking for out of that situation. And so telling your story in that same kind of way, um, in that different environment can really leverage you benefit and results that you're looking for. But you have to kind of take a step back and think about, okay, what am I trying to say? Um, what will that person connect with? And then how do I effectively communicate that? And, and as we're kind of talking about uh, resources, I mean, something that you said struck me, I know in our school system, um, we are 44 schools and we're a uh, communications department of three people. So it's a lot of ground for three people to cover. And, and I know something that we've been working on over the last couple of years is encouraging our folks at the school level to really take ownership of their own storytelling and to feel comfortable moving in that space and to feel comfortable utilizing social media. Uh, I guess the question is, what, what would you add to that? I, again, if you're, if you're a smaller crew and, and you're needing to rely on your, your schools to help get those good messages out, what would you add to that? I truly believe that we are in a crossroads right now of social media and storytelling. Um, and if you go back to um, 2002, 2006, when we saw so many people getting fired for posting on Facebook about their, the kind of day they had at work, right? So social media was shut down in a huge way. People were fired for complaining about a parent. People were fired for complaining about, you know, the kitchen that they had to work in that day. And so social media and everyone's ability to tell the story was halted. We've slowly come out of that mindset. And I believe that we're going into a time where leaders will empower everyone to tell the story, to have that 
um, megaphone at their disposal because the video is in our hands every day and you can't control it anyway. So if you can't control a parent taking video, you can't control a student taking video, you can't control a teacher taking video, why not lead that ship into safer waters? So I believe the next thing that we're going to see is the situation that you're in right now have the principal train the staff and faculty, not just teachers, because everyone is an ambassador for your organization and can be a positive ambassador if they're included in the message, if they even know what the message is, if they know that their voice is part of the message. And then a level out from there would be educating parents. This is what we believe at this elementary school, and this is how we lead ourselves. And we want you to also be a representative of that message, of that family, of that community, of that organization. Um, and then lastly, students. You know, your students are also ambassadors to your organization and are able to tell your story because they are actually your story. So I, I, I believe that finding a comfortable way to empower everyone affiliated with your organization to not only be confident that they can share your story, but know that they're part of that and finding themselves in it. So if you're a STEM Academy um, for K through five, everyone there should eat, think and breathe steam. Actually, um, everyone there should be a part of it. And then when they post on Facebook or when they post a TikTok, you know, they're thinking about how you kind of trained them about the story that you all believe um, that your school should be telling. And it's not manipulation when it's authentic. And it's not propaganda or even what I think is a bad word, PR. It's not even PR when it is authentic and it's identified by everyone and it's inclusive and um, it's something that should be protected and also invested in. Great advice, thank that, you. Yeah, that's, that's amazing advice. And let's stay on that thread a little bit and talk a little more about the kind of advice that you would give to teachers and staff uh, when it comes to communication and the best ways to communicate with parents and to get the message across simply and, and easily um, so that they can understand it. Talk a little more about how that might be done. As I reflect on my own experience having two children who've gone through public schools and they're adults now, my biggest frustrations came from not being heard and not being respected. So as a parent alone, I think all we want to know is that we are heard by the people we're trusting our children with. Sometimes we don't have the choice. We have to trust you. Um, and that is a very vulnerable situation. And I don't think often enough people in the education system see themselves that way and the power that they hold. Um, I think too many times they see themselves as public servants or sometimes even as victims of the process because it's a very difficult job um, and a very trying career. But I think when teachers and principals see themselves and coaches see themselves as um, a person with an incredible amount of power to influence not just a child for the rest of their lives, but to also 
influence the family unit and everyone affiliated with it. When you get a child fired up about learning, that can trickle into a grandparent who maybe doesn't have a high education level or a parent who was intimidated by math but is now admiring their child who's teaching them things even though they can't help with homework. And so um, I think we fall in love with teachers who are excited about their job. We fall in love and make them viral when they show every single student special attention. Um, and one thing that comes to mind, I, I worked with um, the teacher in North Carolina. He had a handshake for every student as they walked into the classroom and he went viral. And I put him on a couple of national news outlets in my studio. And I remember just thinking it, was a major undertaking to learn 20 handshakes, but how inspirational and special for every child to feel individualized care and how parents attached to that because we want to know that our child is special in the hands of another person, particularly the one shaping their future. And, you know, we know that the dropout rate can be attributed to a lack of interest just as much as some other factors. Um, and so when we, as parents, come to the table and say, please get my child excited about it, we want to feel excitement in your communication, whether it's an email or a text message or a phone call, all the ways, you know, teachers have talked to me, we want to feel excitement. And even when that is a disciplinary action, we still have to be excited about finding a solution. Um, and so we have to be excited about the partnership of the parent and the staff and the child finding that solution. Um, so I feel like your authentic self as a teacher comes out um, and it should come out. And that goes back to what I just talked about. We stifled individual voices for so long for fear of telling the wrong story. I believe that the public, the audience online is hungry for something authentic. We can see through BS, we can see through propaganda and PR, and we want that authentic, just tell me the truth. Tell me my kid is a nightmare, and now let's work on it together. And obviously, I know teachers are saying, no, 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 no. I know too many parents who would hate that. Yes, there are parents who would hate that, but, but by and large, they're outliers. There are parents who want to have a relationship with their, um, the person caring for their child all day and then the person at the top making those decisions um, so we can work together with that. And now you're a part of our story. Miss Williams in fifth grade will forever be part of my story, forever. Um, and there are teachers from my children's past who will ever for, forever be part of our family's story, particularly when we went through a divorce. Um, so just thinking about those engagements as not just a one-off. They are, in the famous words of Maya Angelou, we forget what you said, but we remember how you made us feel. And so that is all part of the communication plan that I think should be um, demonstrated from top to bottom in every encounter. That's amazing. And I think you bring up a, a great point is, you know, people want to feel something. And if they feel like you're just, you know, some talking head talking at them, it feels less authentic than it's coming from, you know, a teacher or, you know, a, a custodian or the principal, whoever is telling that story. It certainly feels more real, I think, to parents when it's coming from them. So I think it's so important to get your school 
comfortable in that role. And I want to ask a, a quick follow-up before we go into a break. You know, the other half of this is, you know, sure, you're, you're training your teachers and you're training the school level staff to sort of take on a communication role that might be a little unfamiliar with for, uh, for them. Um, what happens if, uh, say, a member of the media starts calling the school because of something they saw on the Facebook page? Um, talk to me just a little bit about how we train our staff members to, you know, you are the storyteller, but you're not the public information officer for that school. And talk to me just a little bit about the importance of media training, especially in this day of age. So you said a few things that are, are just phenomenal. Um, this is not unfamiliar territory. Our custodians, our teachers, our bus drivers, our, our cafeteria staff, our principals, they have been telling the story of your school. When they get their haircut, when they go to dinner with friends, when they go on vacation and meet someone randomly and they start talking about their child's school and their school experience. So this isn't unfamiliar territory for them, for all the people who have already been talking about it. What's unfamiliar is giving up the control. But that was just a myth. You didn't have control anyway. Um, you know, the people at the top who think they're keeping all of these whatever secrets they think they're keeping out of the news or away from parents and scaring parents, that is not going to happen anyway. So I, I am a big believer that when you are transparent and clearly there are HR issues, legal issues, all of those things. But, but don't underestimate the um, intellect of the public. Um, and going back to, you know, we understand we're in a legal case right now. We can't talk about the specifics of it. People get that. But they also understand when you say, we're not going to talk about that today because we've all been shut down by someone at some time in our lives. We know the difference between I'm at my wits end, I can't say anything and I really want to or I wish I could versus I'm not gonna acknowledge you and I'm not gonna waste my time with this. Um, so I think all of those factors are important, but PR professionals have to remember that if they arm people with information of what the message is, then we don't have to come up with it on our own. Then we can put this one incident that happened at a football game in perspective to the bigger picture of what we really are as a school or what the administration believes. This was one incident, let's put it in perspective. The goal nowadays, if you go viral, is that it's up and down and off the radar and we've all moved on. That's the goal. You don't want it to linger because you can't always control something going viral, but you can control where it goes from there and for how long and how big and does someone pour kerosene on it. <laughs> so I, I, I believe when we see all of these community ambassadors for what they are and use them to our advantage to educate them, include them, hear them. We've just armed ourselves with that many more people in our army of, of good. Um, and lastly, I want to say that PR folks can't underestimate the experience they have with the reporters one-on-one -on -one, from email to phone call to text message to face-to-face -face interaction. I think a lot of school people lose the battle when they don't respond to an email or when they respond to an email in a way that um, provokes 
a confrontation. Um, I've, I've experienced that myself multiple times and I'm like, why does this feel like a confrontation when I'm, it's not. And now it, it prepares me to fight. And, um, there are always going to be reporters who go in fighting, but you know, sometimes fights are two people operations. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, it's time to take a quick break. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us. We're speaking with Jennifer Moxley, owner and founder of Sunshine Media Network. Stay with us. We'll be back after the break. Hello, I'm Kevin Smith from the membership and social media team at NCSPRA, the North Carolina School Public Relations Association. On behalf of our team and the NCSPRA Board of Directors, we hope you are enjoying this episode of School PR Drive Time. This podcast is one of many member benefits we offer you when you join NCSPRA. From engaging professional development to the recognition of your talent through the Blue Ribbon Award Program, membership has its benefits. We encourage you to follow us on social media and help spread the word about what it means to be a member of a school public relations organization that supports the mission of everyone in North Carolina's public schools. Enjoy the show. You're listening to School PR Drive Time with your host, Ellen Boyd and Stacia Harris. We're speaking with master storyteller Jennifer Moxley about the art of communicating with staff, parents, and stakeholders. Thank you to our listeners for being with us, and we'll get back to the show. Jennifer, you've given us such great advice about, you know, not only communicating with parents, but um, with others. And let's talk, go back to talking about the media. What advice do you have for school PR folks when they are talking to the media and corresponding with the media? Clearly, I'm generalizing here, but by and large, you have to know who the media is. And most of the people in media in small cities and large cities, in rural communities or urban, um, they're going to be a certain kind of demographic because it takes a certain level of education to become a reporter in a newsroom. It takes, you know, um, a certain income level growing up. And so what I have found is the gap between clients and the media tends to be, they assume reporters know more than they do. They assume reporters live lives as they do. But what I found when I was in newsrooms is I was one of the only people who had children one of the only people who had children in school. I was one of the only people who lived in public housing, one of the only people who used food stamps. I think one person in the newsroom smoked cigarettes. So when you think about who is in a newsroom, um, don't take for granted that they even have children or have children in a school system and understand. And I tell this because um, one time at a Charlotte station, they reached out to me and said, have you ever heard of hand, foot and mouth disease? And I was like, yeah, of course I have. And they said, well, we have an outbreak at a daycare and we're leading the five o'clock news with it. And I said, okay, that do you, do you do understand like every daycare? My kids just had that last week. And to know that that story had gotten through so many different people and no one had said, that's not a big deal. Kids are dirty and they get hand, foot and mouth disease. Um, just kind of solidified for me that we, we can't overestimate the experience and information coming with the reporter to do your story. So you shouldn't handle them the way that you would handle another school professional. Um, 
you know, and a lot of reporters won't ask questions to clarify because, you know, no one wants to come off not knowing something, even something simple. Um, so avoid using acronyms, um, you know, talk to them with kid gloves sometimes will help. Um, and more than anything, know who they are and try to build a relationship with them so you do know what they're coming to the table with. I can't say enough about that. You know, Ellen and I worked together for years um, and we knew she had boundaries, I had boundaries, but we respected each other. And there were many times where she would say, I can't tell you that. I would if I could, and I can't. And that, and that's it. Um, and so, when you build that relationship, you're creating a story with that reporter that you're transparent, that you're forthcoming, that you're confident in your role as a PR person, um, that you're trying to help them meet their deadline because they also have a job. Um, and even when you can't give them what they want, you give them something. Or, you know, you say, listen, I'll, I'll, you know, next time, maybe, maybe I can get you that interview. Um, shutting people down just really never works. It just never works. <laughs> um, and you learn that from parents and students and children, especially, but the same is true for reporters. Absolutely. You know, nowadays, the length of a news story is down to about a minute 15. And so if you can help them get their minute 15, um, they'll, they'll, get their story and they'll move and on. be on their uh, way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, well, you know, at this point, the thing on everybody's mind is the pandemic. And so let's talk a little bit about communicating and telling a story during a global pandemic? What are the challenges and even opportunities that you see during this very uncertain time? Um, well, schools right now are all over the news. So I see that as an opportunity to constantly be in the news. When you offer story ideas to reporters. You want to make it personal. You want to give them an example. You want to have a student who didn't have internet and now has internet and will agree to do an interview about it with the local media about, I didn't have internet, I struggled, but now I'm back on track. And asterisk, asterisk, the school system is working with me to make up the work and not counted against me. My family is relieved that they are individualizing our education through a global pandemic. You know, there are key words that you want your stories to tell as you go through this. People will watch a story and forget you guys are dealing with unprecedented expectations and demands. It is so easy to forget that when you're the reporter, when you're the viewer, when you're the parent. Um, it's important that the school communicators are telling that, hey, let's not forget, we've never been in this situation. We've never had to send bus drivers out with food. So I always encourage clients to take a proactive approach because if you're not giving reporters stories, they are sitting around coming up with stories. That is their job. So either you give them stories or they come up with stories um, or they're pulling stories off of angry Facebook comments. And I, I really don't think that's a position that you want to be in in the chess game. So think about to the best of your ability as the communicator, how often can you give the reporters stories to not just feed the beast, 
But really what you're doing is you're reminding the community that you're still here and you're still working and you're doing the best that you absolutely can. Because if we don't hear from you for a while, people start getting real curious and sniffing around. And now you're on the defense. Um, so I, I, I think it can be incredibly helpful. And what's sad is I know these stories are there because you guys are celebrating them all the time. Employee of the week, student of the month, you know, family that you're raising money for, family that you've relocated after a fire. These stories are already there. Um, and we celebrate them. We highlight them. We just forget to tell them because honestly, we can be our own worst enemy when it comes to sharing our story and bragging about ourselves and being proud of what comes naturally, being good, educating, saving children, loving children, having um, a dynamic um, environment in our school system. Because that is our everyday, we forget to tell that story. And that's a great way to wrap up this podcast. Jennifer Moxley, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And good luck. So many parents and, and families and children are depending on you guys and um, reporters, too. Um, and I, I, just, I just know that good things are happening within the school systems in North Carolina. I know they are, and I'm excited to start hearing more about it. Awesome. Thank you for your time. And thank you, Ellen, for being with us. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, Jennifer. And uh, this was this was a great joy. Well, Stacia, I think that was a wonderful conversation with Jennifer. Um, it, what struck me was that it just seemed as if she was a school PR professional and, and she hasn't done that, but she is she's such a master communicator um, and she she knows it from the from the broadcast and journalistic side, but also that internal communication and how important it is to make all of our employees ambassadors uh, for telling our story. And the fact that each of our schools, not just the district, but each school has its own brand, its very own spirit, and that we all need to find that spirit and share it with all of our publics to, to let folks know what's happening in our schools. Yeah, I think she had some some great advice and, and some wonderful insight. And I think now more than ever, you know, as we face a, a global pandemic that is really disrupting uh, the, the school experience for so many of us, honestly, now more than ever, it, it is so important to be able to really dial in as a school system and, and figure out, you know, who are we and, and what is our brand and what are we trying to communicate to people? Uh, because there's a lot of noise out there and, and storytelling matters and making you know your parents and, and your community stakeholders making them feel a certain way about your school system hopefully a positive hopefully feeling positive about your school system is absolutely more important than ever again as we go through this tumultuous time so wonderful conversation with jennifer moxley again ellen thank you so much for being our co-host today and we have left all of jennifer's contact information uh, social media links and websites as well in the show notes so be sure to go in and check her out. Again, Ellen, thank you for being with us. My pleasure.